How well do you know him? How well do you know him? You know, it's funny how people can claim they know somebody and they don't really know him. They may know of him. They may have heard about him, but they really don't know him. And when you think of God, what is actually on your mind? Is, the, is this just another ploy to think of yourself uh, and ask for more favor? You know, and so that's when you pray is when you want something. When you hear others using God talk or God speak, it is usually going to go over one of two ways. It's, it's, it is a religious fanatic, usually, or a person who knows God, but may be using him in the wrong context, the wrong atmosphere, or the wrong place. Do they really know him is the question. You can't beat people over the head with God talk uh, at work or in public. On, you know, on like on the bus, on the airplane, on the train, sitting next to somebody. You can't beat them over the head with God, huh? Because they're going to ask, do they really know him? You know, be careful of your testimony because it can turn people off instead of on, huh? Yes, God is always relevant. We're not arguing that, but you got to be wise in how you present him. Hmm? Now, speaking of God, in today's world, uh, just who is God to you? Because that's another question. The reason I ask is because the world has made God buffet style. Huh? He's a little of this and a little of that, and so on and so on. You know, you're not allowed to build your God as you please. That's not how it works. Huh? Of course, that would not really be God. But tell that to those who practice this method, because there's a whole lot of folks in this world, they got a buffet-style God. Even some of the voices you hear on, on the radio and on TV who talk about God all the time, they're not really in touch with God. They don't really know God. huh? And they may be introducing you to something that is not God at all, and we get caught up in it. huh? They may believe they are, in touch with God, and they may sound convincing. But when you check the word, you find out they are far from him. Hmm? Also, when you check their lifestyle, it's easy to see. They really don't know him. You see, public and private images ought to be consistent. with And, and with so many people, that's just not the case. Huh? You, you cannot define God, and neither can you make him up. Huh? You accept him as he is in his word. Huh? Just because somebody presents someone to you and claims he is God, you just don't believe him. Huh? You just don't accept it. Huh? You always check the word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, You ought to know what the word says and means. Study to show thyself unto God. A workman who needeth not to be ashamed. Why? Because you're rightly dividing the word of truth. Huh? God's attributes are love, omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience. Huh? And God demands obedience to his word. Do you know him? Do you know him? There are plenty of imitations. But when you know him, when you know God, Jehovah Jireh, huh? it will show in your life. You simply cannot meet God 
and stay the same. Are you drawn to the word? Has the word changed you? Do you want more of it? And is it drawing you closer to Christ? Do you seek to be humble and obedient to the word? And is it relevant to you? Isn't it amazing how in the word and even in the world now it was the unlikely people who were drawn to Jesus? <laughs> it was the last, the lost, and the least, the dregs of society who were drawn to Jesus. And it's the same thing today. Yeah, the religious leaders couldn't stand Jesus huh? or what he was doing to help people. Their hatred of Christ became so apparent until they ultimately said, we, we, we got to do away with him. We, we got to get rid of him because he is becoming more popular than us in our rhetoric. But thank God, death couldn't hold him. The prostitutes, the lame, the sick, and all the others who society threw away, oh, they loved them some Jesus. Huh? They loved his teaching. They loved everything about him, and the religious leaders hated them and hated him. They actually said, if he keeps drawing people to him like he is, you go back and check the scriptures in John 12 and 19. They said, we're going to do away with him. Huh? Jesus welcomed sinners. And we qualify as that. Sinners felt comfortable in Jesus' presence. Their lives were changed for the better. Those who wanted better wanted Jesus. You couldn't tell this to religious leaders. <laughs> oh, no, no. They, they knew everything about God. And you couldn't tell them anything. Huh? And you got to watch folk like that who you can't tell nothing. And the question again we're asking is, do you really know him? And no, they didn't. The religious leaders actually knew far less about God than they thought they did. And they also didn't know too much about themselves. Huh? God wants us to become like Christ. God wants to see us grow huh? by being obedient to his word. Huh? Jesus yearned for the hurt, the lame. He weeped for the last, the lost, and the least. The religious leaders or the Republicans hated them. Huh? And this is one of the reasons Jesus taught through parables. He wanted to teach all of his father's will and his father's way. However, the Republicans didn't want to hear it. Huh? They questioned who Jesus even was. And no matter how much truth they were told, they simply would not accept it. Even when they saw the miracles, it just didn't matter because they were set in their own way. Uh, and, and, and let's just quickly look at one of the Jesus parables in Luke 15, uh, uh, 11 through 14. It's called the prodigal son. And, and, and we're going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. You go back and read it for yourself. Here we have a grown child or son who has rejected his dad and everything that he was taught. He has rejected the truth and he decided, you know, to follow the world instead. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go my own way. I know what I was taught, but I don't, I don't care. Basically, he chose the world, his flesh, and the devil. And for the most part, this younger son said, I want you, talking to his father, 
to give me minds now. You, you're dead to me. And, and, and I don't want to wait till you die. I want minds now. Wow. Wow. Really? Has your grown child wandered off? Are they in a far country squandering money and wasting their life? Do you know how painful this is for a parent? Sometimes a parent is helpless to prevent a child from a life of destruction. And you, you can show them the right way, but they just reject it. And that's what this kid did. Sometimes you just have to let the prodigal go. Can't you just hear them saying, I don't need you. I don't need you. And I don't need you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that, huh? And what they're really saying is, I'm older now. And all that stuff you taught me about God, I ain't trying to hear that. I got new friends. huh? And we're having a good time. Huh? <laughs> so, so, so you just out there squandering your life away, but you having a good time, huh? Wow. Well, we all know how that kind of living works out. It only lasts for so long. And, and you do know, sooner or later, choices bring consequences. There will be repercussions. What goes up must come down. Reality will either drive you to your knees or to your senses or to desperation. And you know what desperation is? A state of repair, a state of despair, rather. Typically, one which results in rash or extreme behavior. Or it will drive you to degradation, humiliation, shame, loss of dignity, and self-respect. And if you know the prodigal story, you know how this worked out. The prodigal son ended up working for a pig farmer. He was on a hog farm. And did you know he was Jewish? You know that ain't right. Jews can't be around pigs. They can't eat pigs and pork and swine. Huh? He was literally reduced to eating the slop that the pigs ate. Wow. How far we fall. How low can you go? How low do you have to go to come to your senses? Jesus wanted this prodigal out of this pig pen. That's what Jesus wanted for him. But the Republicans or the religious leaders were content to leave him there. They want to leave sinners where they are. That's what they call all the folks who are not following what they're doing. Sinners. I got minds, they said. Let him get his. Let her get hers. The Savior wants sinners to find their way back to their father's house. And isn't that amazing? Those who claim to know Christ are so cold and saying, let them starve. Let them starve. We don't care. Just leave them be. Wow, really? And you know Jesus? My God. Huh? Isn't it amazing how something so terrible can hide from us? It's like a cancer eating at our body, and yet we can't even see it. Oh, you know it's not right. You know something's wrong, but you deny it. We refuse to look in the mirror. We refuse to acknowledge our wrongdoing. And then here comes Jesus speaking to our conscience. And he spoke to this boy, and the boy comes to his senses. Oh, sin is such a comfortable friend. <laughs> it's not a friend at all. 
That was sarcasm, in case you didn't catch it. It's kind of like peeing in the bed when you're young. You know, you lay there because it's warm. It's it's wet, but you don't care, but it's warm, and you curl up. Huh? Now, you know you're going to stink. You know you're wet, and you know the bed is stained, but you don't care. You don't get up. Huh? And Jesus is saying, stop it. Get up. You know who you are. Make some better choices for God's sake. Huh? So you can get some better results. It's insane to keep doing the same thing over and over and again and expect different results. If you want to be better, you have to do better. Stop the nonsense of, I got to be me. I got to find myself. Oh, just stop it. Uh, you can't find yourself in a pig pen. The beautiful thing is sometimes God will allow us to go to the pig pen because we will learn more there than in some of these churches. Oh, my God. Ooh, you better stop that preacher. Oh, yeah. You're going to learn more in the pig pen than you do in some of these churches. In fact, some of the churches are the pig pen. See, there's plain truth in the pig pen because it really stinks. It's reality. You know where you are. In church, you think you okay and come to find out you ain't okay. You're just sinking and sinking and sinking. Oh, my God. I don't know what it is, but sometimes we have to get to the pig pen so we can grasp or understand what God has been trying to tell us all along. Sometimes we just have to go through some stuff. Woo, preacher, my, my, my. Huh? Oh, but to be able to admit I made a mistake, I was wrong, I messed up, I shouldn't have done that. That's where we need to be. And look at me now. I'm in the pig pen. I stink. I'm eating slop. Huh? The servants in my father's house eat better than this. I've got to get myself together and I've got to go home. Huh? And there's no harder place to go to than back where you failed. And you told folk, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. And now you've got to go back. You once told others, you can, Ooh, you better not say it. Ooh. Now you've got to go back. Oh, you left home. When you left town, you were Mr. Big Stuff. You were Mrs. Big Stuff. You were so sure and so secure. And now you've got to go back tattered and worn. You've got to go back home. But oh, God is so good. The scripture said that boy's father was watching and waiting and looking down the road every day. He was hoping his son would come home. And lo and behold, one day, there he was. He was filthy and tattered and broken, but his daddy didn't care. His father didn't care. He ran and hugged him and kissed him, and his father was filled with compassion. Oh, he said, my son who was lost is now found. My son who was blind can now see. Oh, bless his name. And no matter how degrading we become, right there in the pig pen of degradation, God will pick us up and welcome us home. 
He will get the finest robe and kill the fattest calf. God says, my son who was lost is now found. Do you know him? Do you know this God? Do you know this father? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. Huh? He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. Oh, bless his name. Huh? He cleanses the lepers. He forgives the sinners. He discharges the debtors. This is the God I'm talking about. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. Do you know him? He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring to wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. And my question to you is, do you know him? The Florida Mass Choir is going to come and sing now. I'm talking about Jesus. That's my king. Weekly Encouragements by Namware. God bless you. Come on, choir.
God bless your weekly encouragements by Namware. That was part one. You don't want to miss part two. And tell a friend. God bless you.